Welcome to the College Connection Podcast, a podcast presented by the College of Registered Nurses of Newfoundland and Labrador. This podcast is a series of regulatory-focused information and education sessions for RNs and NPs. This is the College Connection Podcast. I am very happy to introduce Dr. Robin Burry, who is an Associate Professor for the Faculty of Nursing at Memorial University. Dr. Burry is currently involved in a very interesting and important research project around new graduate nurses' mental health and well-being, specific to their transition during COVID-19. Hi, Dr. Burry. It's a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me today. I'm uh, looking forward to this conversation. Yes, awesome. We're so happy you could be here. Uh, Dr. Burry, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Certainly. So uh, I'm a registered nurse. Um, I have been for going on 24 years now. It's gone by in a flash. Um, I've worked in a variety of settings in acute care, rehabilitation, long-term care, and remote uh, northern communities as well. Um, I've worked uh, in administration um, as well as at the bedside. So I've been a clinical manager, um, uh, nursing uh, educator as well. Um, and um, really, most recently, I moved to my new home province of Newfoundland and Labrador uh, to take on a tenure track position at Memorial University in the Faculty of Nursing. So I'm very pleased to to be um, developing my program of research focused on new graduate nurses transition to practice and mentorship. Excellent. Thank you, Dr. Burry. And did you um, when did you complete your PhD? Just I was just curious. I completed my PhD in 2020 at my kitchen table at the beginning of the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. That's great. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That was interesting times, I'm sure. So, Dr. Burry, can you tell us how you became interested in new graduate nurses and their mental health? Absolutely. So I think it really started with my own transition experience um, almost 24 years ago now, as I said. Um, And at that time, very little was talked about in terms of transition to practice. And so what I was experiencing, I experienced challenges, as I know many others do um, during this this important time of their careers. But at that time, I felt like I was the only one. And um, I didn't realize until many years later when, and I'll get into that in just a moment, but that this is a, there's a label to this. There's something that that is to this, that ex- that experience. And I wanted to explore that uh, a bit further. And so when I, as I say, several years later, when I I entered nursing professional practice in nursing recruitment, retention and recognition, um, that I had an opportunity to really look into this um, transition experience for new graduates further and, and specifically about the what are the impacts on mental health and well-being for new graduates. So it was Um, At that time, the new graduate guarantee program was being implemented in Ontario. And so that's uh, for those of of you who who aren't familiar with that program. It's a mentorship program that at that time was funded by the Ministry of Health and Long Term Care. It was as it was titled at that time. And so um, I was responsible for uh, assisting new graduates right from the recruitment phase into and through their first year of practice um, to transition well, I guess. And so um, 
checking in with them frequently. They would call me if they had challenges, as would the leadership at that time, um, meaning clinical managers and or educators um, in the implementation of the program or um, anything else related to transition to practice. And I would often get calls from new graduates at that time who were either in distress or sometimes even in tears about their transition experiences. And when I delved into it um, and asked further questions, really what came of that was that there was a breakdown in communication between new graduates and their assigned mentors. And so I began to wonder, why is this happening? How are we pairing new graduate nurses and mentors to form mentoring relationships? How can we support new graduates' mental health and well-being during this really um, critical time in their career, really. Um, so that led me to my PhD work. And so I focused my, my PhD on that topic and found that there aren't best practices, so to speak, in that regard in terms of pairing, and that often mentors are voluntold <laughs> to be mentors, um, that there is perhaps a lack of preparation for, for mentors and for mentees as they enter these, these types of relationships, and that we're not entirely sure if mentoring relationships actually occur as a result of those pairings, um, that people either click or they don't. And more work needs to be done in that regard to make sure that you know, these important initiatives um, that we are putting in place to support new graduates' mental health and well-being and their transition to practice are um, resulting in what we think they are. So that's that's where it all started. <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. Um, you know, the uh, the college has a um, regulatory document on transition to practice, but right. we don't do, delve into you know uh, mental health, and you know it's really important in in today's society that we have um, successful. Um, you know, facilitation of, uh, you know, new nurses, novice nurses mm -hmm. into uh, the workplace. So, mm -hmm. so anyway, interesting. This is great. Mm -hmm. And even looking back at my own transition, just thinking about, um, you know, I had a mentor assigned to me. Luckily, she was fantastic, but there wasn't a lot of structure. It was just right. her own natural abilities, I think, uh, you know, is what what definitely supported me in that but looking back on it I don't think there was a lot of you know structure and and and, and things like that so you know just caused me to reflect on my own experience there absolutely and there's yeah. some fantastic mentors out there absolutely. they just absolutely have that innate ability they yeah. they know how to function as mentors they just have that that those characteristics that we're looking for in terms of, of mentors. But I think there are a lot of other experienced nurses who could become mentors if given the appropriate guidance to, yeah. to become mentors. So, yeah. yeah, And Excellent. I think with the, the new language in the collective bargaining, you know, contract um, that, you know, there's going to be a stipend paid to um, preceptors and mentors is really important, yeah. I think, to ensure that there's success with that. And that if we can identify, um, you know, what it takes to have that successful mentorship and how we can facilitate um, the transition then into um, the workplace. And maybe these individuals, these new novice nurses may in the future become mentors themselves, right? So. Absolutely. And we know we've had conversations before it, it informally in terms of um, when I've been helping mentors prepare for to take on that role, I ask them to reflect on their own practice. 
really take a look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, do I want another one of me? <laughs> because that is what you may get when you're paired with a novice nurse. They they look to you uh, as an example. So you really need to ensure that you are the nurse you want to be <laughs> and work with in the future. That's good mm-hmm. insight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Dr. Burry, what do we already know about registered nurses' mental health during COVID? So in general, um, registered nurses have had a, a, a real challenge in terms of their mental health and well-being. Um, a lot of literature has come out in regards to um, mainly the negative impacts that have, have occurred in terms of COVID. I, I'm thinking and reflecting on um, literature that came out uh, regarding um, registered nurses in Italy, uh, for example. We all saw that on the news in terms of the massive impact um, they were facing early on in, in COVID. And so some of that literature um, talks about sleep disturbance, disturbances, for example, and, and anxiety and depression and uh, post-traumatic stress um, disorders that resulted as a result, uh, as in relation to the work that registered nurses took on uh, during COVID, the thick of COVID. Uh, and continue to do to this day. I mean, COVID hasn't gone away, (laughs) whether we label it a pandemic or not, COVID is here to stay and we know that. And so um, that's why this work is so important to understand and make sure that that all nurses, new graduates included, are are assisted in that regard. Having said that, um, in terms of of the mental health and well-being of, of registered nurses in general, we know that the result of of anxiety and fatigue and and burnout, as we've heard before, is um, higher attrition rates. Absenteeism goes up. And, um, you know, we we know that patient safety issues are are a challenge as well when nurses are, are, uh, their mental health and well-being is taxed. And so it's a concern and that's why it it warrants focus, right? So um, that's, that's what we know at this time. And of course, there are lots of factors that that uh, lend to this. Um, we all know about the nursing shortage and, and uh, you know, increased workloads and um, being um, transferred to other areas that are unfamiliar when there are shortages, things of that nature that, that lend to um, that burden that nurses carry. Um, and have an impact on their mental health and well-being at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know you've talked about attrition and, uh, you know, and satisfaction and that, but is there anything, uh, like, is there any other reason that we should focus on um, graduate nurses' mental health and well-being? I know you alluded to, do you have anything to add to that, um, what you just spoke about? Absolutely. So um, I was speaking in, in terms of registered nurses in general. But we know that new graduates in particular face challenges during their transition to practice. And and we knew that before COVID came to be, right? Before COVID reared, it's it's made its presence known, let's say. (laughs) Um, We knew that new graduates face challenges. I mean, we've all experienced them um, as we transitioned. And so now we know they have a a name, transition shock, Uh, Marlene Kramer, um, brought that to light. And that was back in the 70s. Um, 
However, it wasn't talked a lot about. And so uh, Dr. Dutcher, um, Dutcher's work on transition of practice and that theory built on Kramer's and, and Benner's work. And, and she built upon that, lending her, her own uh, research results to developing those models and further explaining the new graduate experience. And as I said, that was before COVID. And so knowing that the challenges of new graduates, new work environment, um, you know, high and acute workloads, um, knowing where just equipment is on the unit where they're, they're starting practice, et cetera, those are all stressors. Um, so learning as you're working essentially is what is being asked of new graduates as they're transitioning to practice. Add on to that, the challenges that nurses are facing with COVID and we don't know what their experience has been like. What does that look like? Um, what are their experiences in terms of their mental health and well-being? And so in terms of why we should focus on new graduates, though, is that um, for all of those reasons and the fact that, as I said, we're facing a nursing shortage globally, right? And um, there are some alarming statistics in terms of shortages that are predicted. Um, but if I can back up a moment, globally, um, in 2021, I believe, 80% uh, of nurses reported mental distress in most countries. And I believe it was the ICN who predicted a 15% turnover rate um, due to ma mental traumatization, like the, tra the, the impacts of mental health <laughs> on mental health of COVID. Um, which would result, they were predicting between 13 and 14 million nurses short by 2030. That's a massive number, like scary number. <laughs> and so, you know, simplistically, okay, hire more nurses, <laughs> educate more nurses. However, we know that new graduates are the largest group of nurses from which to recruit. And so we need to focus on this cadre of nurses, this cohort of nurses, in order to make sure that they're well supported, that they transition to practice um, as smoothly and as, as are well prepared, they build resilience, because we know um, the literature supports that turnover rate for new graduates is still exceptionally high. Um, I, I've read uh, articles of up to 57% turnover rate in the first two years of practice. And so, and that was before COVID. <laughs> so we need to understand what that experience has been like. We need to understand what their mental health and well-being um, has, what they are perceiving as their mental health and well-being during this time, and what supports are they asking for um, in terms of, of that transition to practice experience. You know, this is really interesting and it ties in with our um, professionalism presentation that we do. And we yeah. talk about, you know, having therapeutic um, communication, not only with the clients, but with your colleagues. And we talk about, mm -hmm. you know, nurses often that saying nurses eat their young. Um, so we try to, you know, it, you know, talk about being professional, having therapy, therapeutic communication with, you know, these novice nurses, helping them through the transition because of the attrition rate. And as you talk about, you know, transition shock 
shock, burnout. Um, you know, we want these nurses to, uh, to support these nurses um, and so that they, they don't leave uh, the profession. So we talk a little bit about that in our um, professionalism uh, presentation. So it is really nice to see where it's all tying together. Um, yes. So, yeah, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. And Dr. Burry, you just mentioned then you uh, you read in some literature uh, up to 52 percent. Um, 57. That, yes. Oh wow, yeah, 57 percent. That that number is that shocked me. And is that like leaving their practice setting or leaving the profession? Both. Wow. Oh wow. So either or or both. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. 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 So, so very very important. <laughs> yes, absolutely. If those uh, are actual numbers, I don't know what are. Right? Yeah. 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 So what is the study that you are conducting at the moment for this topic right now at the moment? Like what is the, I guess, the research question that you are uh, trying to answer? Certainly. So right now we, uh, and I say we because there's a team, of course, um, I am a co-PI on this study, along with Dr. April Pike and our team members, um, Dr. Madigan, Dr. Raman, and Dr. Vernon Kern from um, Education and Medicine at Memorial as well. And so um, what we are focused on is understanding the new graduate uh, nurse experience and perceptions of their mental health and well-being as they transition to practice during COVID. And so that is really the crux of the matter. We want to understand that experience. We also want to um, understand um, what resources they're aware of and which resources they're using and what supports they're asking for. And so that that's really um, the, the overarching question and the objectives in, in together. <laughs> so, um, yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting topic. And yeah, and that is the only way that, that um, we'll be able to support the new graduates if we really have an understanding of their experience. So yeah, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. So we're um, conducting this research doing an interpretive description studies, um, conducting semi-structured interviews with new graduates who graduated between 2020 and 2021. Uh, we completed 16 interviews and uh, have a few follow-up interviews to finish up. Um, and uh, so the, the conversations have been very rich uh, and uh, I am confident we're, we're getting a really good understanding of what these new graduates have experienced during this, this time and how we might be able to support and highlight their voice um, in terms of what supports they require. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So Dr. Burry, were you able to receive funding for this study? Because it seems such an important um, you know, field of study um, by, you know, by the conversation we're having today. Yes, we are very fortunate to receive financial support from Workplace NL for this work. And so, yes, they, are, they were very interested in understanding um, the experience of new, new graduate nurses uh, during that time. And they also wanted to look at um, the medical residents as well. And so there was a study that was being done in tandem. So, and Dr. Uh, Kern was working on that as well. So. Very good. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, I'm, I'm very glad that you were able to to secure funding for this. This is so yeah. important work that you're doing. Thank you. Absolutely. And have you had much interest in this study? 
Yes, uh, we've um, been approached by several groups in terms of wanting to to hear about the results, and um, we're we're in the analysis phase uh, of. Um, uh, looking at the results of the the interviews at this time, um, but in terms of recruitment, that is where it's been really interesting. We knew or we anticipated we might have some challenges in terms of recruitment for the study, for multiple reasons. And in fact, we did have challenges in terms of recruitment. Um, I get the sense that um, you know it may have been the topic itself. Perhaps people didn't want to talk about their mental health and well-being at this time, right? Maybe it was just they didn't want to go there. <laughs> um, or perhaps it was about workload and working overtime, perhaps. Or maybe they were fatigued. <laughs> or maybe it was their, the way they were feeling at the time. They weren't um, ready to talk or able to talk. So we, we ran into some challenges in that regard. But I think 16 interviews is, is a good is a good uh, good starting point anyway, in terms of getting a good baseline understanding uh, within Newfoundland and Labrador and um, being able to, to think about how we can do things differently in the future as a result of this. So well, Dr. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, Kelly. no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that's interesting. And 16, I mean, for qualitative research mm -hmm. is such as this. I mean, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Dr. Um, Burry, um, you talked about you you're done some initial um, analysis and that. So, what are the you know findings or results that you're that you're you know um, finding in in this study when you're with your initial analysis? Certainly. So, um, we have so we can't uh, present the themes as of yet. As as I say, we're still in the analysis phase. But um, as a colleague of mine. Um, likes to say we can we can share some initial impressions right and so what's been really interesting to see is that um, educational supports personal supports and workplace supports were really important to this group um, education supports meaning that many who had completed their their final placements uh, in the same area where they began work, they felt it it was easier for them in terms of transition, uh, even during in in COVID. Or if they had um, had worked there as a PCA, as an example, that made it a bit easier for them. In terms of personal supports, feeling like if they had a good family or um, friend network even during COVID, even though you couldn't necessarily be together <laughs> all the time, um, having that connection was really important for them um, outside of work and developing their own coping strategies, which I'll get into in just a moment. Um, additionally, work supports, feeling like your colleagues were there for you and checking in on you, even if they weren't right beside you, um, paired, let's say, in that regard, but knowing that they had your back <laughs> was important to new graduates, as they uh, they put it. Um, so that was really positive in terms of what those findings were. Um, some felt that they, that experience transitioning pr to practice being 
put through such a challenging time right from the get-go. They felt that they, if they could get through that, they could get through anything, which was lovely. Others faced challenges that really mimicked what we talked about initially in terms of registered nurses, that fear, um, anxiety, specifically related to uh, becoming infected themselves or infecting others, learning about PPE, donning and doffing, and really making sure that they were doing it accurately and speedily. Um, and then on top of that, they talked about, so we had to do it all at once. We had to do that. And then we had to um, still learn where everything was on the unit and, um, you know, take on extra workload because of staffing shortages that came up a lot in terms of the shortages um, the, and the impact on uh, workplace culture as a result of, of staffing shortages was often talked about. Um, some had some, it, it, how can I put this? We talked about that, that reaffirming of, of, um, their career choice for some of them. Others, we talked about uh, nurses eating their young. Some were, some experienced nurses were actually questioning them why they went into nursing in the first place, which was really alarming to hear. And I think it's probably reflective. I mean, this is my own personal thoughts on it. Again, we're, we're, we're ruminating on this and wondering about this. I wonder if some of those results have to, or, or findings or, or experiences are related to how those experienced nurses were feeling at the time, rather than reflective of those new graduates themselves, right? And so, you know, the, the question then becomes, how do you bolster new graduates' confidence to be able to manage those comments when they come? <laughs> so, that's something to think about. Um, in terms of, they talked about education and orientation and how sometimes their orientation was cut short due to um, staffing needs on the unit. And so that was really interesting to think about and um, something to work on in terms of, of outcomes uh, for the future. We're not talking about necessarily um, cutting short resulting in, in safety challenges necessarily, but in terms of a fulsome orientation where people are leaving feeling super prepared and ready to take on anything, that, that wasn't necessarily the feeling when they left their orientation. <laughs> um, so, so those were some of the findings. What I found interesting was that some of the coping strategies that that new graduates tended to lean towards, such as physical activity, were extremely challenging to be able to engage in during um, the thick of COVID, I'll call it. Because as we said, COVID's still around. <laughs> we haven't been able to, to put that behind us necessarily, but during the, the thick of it, when lockdown um, was in place, they couldn't get to the gym because the gyms were closed and so their main coping mechanism was no longer available to them so and we know that physical activity is so important um you know in 
getting those endorphins up and making those making us feel better, getting those muscles worked out, et cetera, and really just keeping fit to be able to function and physically work as a registered nurse. And so, um, as I say, those coping mechanisms were were not available. So they also found that the fatigue that they were feeling at that time prevented them from engaging in activities such as walks and you know, going for an outdoor run or something like that. So there was a push-pull there in terms of, I want to be present, I want to be at work, I want to support my colleagues, but I'm so tired. <laughs> um, and they they did talk about that learning while you're working experience and, and how that, that impacted fatigue. And so that's a bit of a warning sign to us because we know fatigue is sort of the beginning of that trajectory towards burnout. And so how do you manage that? Um, so that was one of the wonderings. As they say, we're not finished in terms of the analysis, but those are some initial thoughts that uh, that we've come across. And um, so it's not all doom and gloom, I want to say, but there are certainly some areas upon which we can build. And I, I, I would say that um, it was interesting that several people who spoke with us um, were, were taking advantage of several of the resources that are available to them, such as EFAP. But what was interesting is that they found that the hours that were available were not enough to support what they felt they needed. And so that was also, um, I, I, I would imagine that's probably not a surprising finding. Um, but interesting that they remarked on it and that they were are taking taking advantage of the resources such as that that were available to them. Yeah. Debriefing was another one that came up um, that they thought would be beneficial. And it was interesting because we know that debriefing is really beneficial for um, critical situations. But during COVID, when you're facing such especially on units where you had or, or new graduates were caring for many people with COVID, they were facing some very challenging situations on a regular basis. And so when could you implement debriefing exercises? How can you fit that in when you're working um, nonstop when there are shortages? But then there's also the, the conversation about what kind of debriefing is taking place? Because we know there are lots of different kinds and that, you know, is it about the process or is it about how you're feeling about what happened? And so I think there was a tendency, um, at least from, from new graduates perspective, to view them more as, um, as a process debriefing as opposed to working through some of the emotions that they were feeling. And so there might be, be some opportunities there. Um, but as, as I say, we're delving into the, <laughs> the thick of it now. And, and so I'm excited to see what, what will come of it. But absolutely. Um, That's very, very uh, interesting findings there. And just going back to when you were talking about orientation, you yeah. know, when I orientated, um, it was all in person. You know, I had that luxury during COVID, a lot of things were online and, you know, that's a big adjustment. Some people, um, they may not learn as well like that, maybe in person, you know, they're, 
will be able to take in that material a little bit easier and you know feel more supported I guess in person and and even thinking about the socialization in the beginning um you know during COVID you didn't really break together right you would you know be be by yourself mostly just you know to to limit that um interaction you know with your masks off and those sorts of things so you know I'm sure that probably I'm just thinking, you know, um, you might not find it in your findings, but just thinking that must have had some sort of impact, right, on these new grads at that time. Absolutely. And uh, we know that just in general, PPE, wearing masks, very difficult to socialize, Mm -hmm. both physically, that social distancing that was required, add on a layer of PPE on both sides, and... Um, I know even for myself, when I first moved here in 2021, I actually had to go through an entire reorientation in terms of getting to know my colleagues because I couldn't recognize anybody without their masks. (laughs) When that was dropped, I couldn't, even though we met online and I saw their faces online, I really had a hard time. And so I, I started thinking about, wow. What about on the unit? What about these new graduates who are meeting and trying to socialize? And we know you've raised an excellent point, Kelly, in terms of socialization, especially for new graduates. We know in terms of of that turnover rate, that that high turnover rate, we know one of the largest reasons for people to leave, specifically new graduates, is a lack of socialization or feeling that they don't fit in. So how are these new graduates socializing with all these layers of PPE, not being able to have their lunches together. And if they are, it's going to be with one person or, you know, being so exhausted, they don't have time or a desire to talk. (laughs) Right. Um, It's um, I think that is something that really needs to be delved into much more. We're just scratching the surface in that regard. Is it interesting that you talked about the mask? I was a manager of an OR, um, and for many months, like you're in the OR, and all the nurses are wearing their mask. And one day, one of the the nurses from the OR walked past me and said hello without a mask on, and they were getting ready to go home, and I didn't know who it was. So that really? was that was kind of yeah, that was kind of interesting. Um, you know, um, I, I just participated in a. Um, and a working group um, from the think tank that uh, the RNUL and um, the gov- provincial government worked on for looking at mental health of registered nurses. And we done a survey for, through that mental health working group. Um, and a lot of the uh, findings that uh, you've talked about, um, about debriefing um, and EFAP not being enough hours, those are some of the, the results that we got from our survey yes. of registered nurses uh, as well. Um, so it was really, really interesting as you were talking and thinking, okay. And, you know, even though there were debriefing services in, you know, the, the um, you know, the... Uh, NLHS or the different zones at that that time, the different RHAs, um, people weren't availing of them. And with having COVID and the pandemic on that, getting access to those services was much more challenging. And I guess even going back to uh, when it first started, and, and I can't even imagine uh, novice nurses, new nurses, graduate nurses starting, and there was such a fear about COVID because we knew so little about it. So adding on um, that expectation of, you know, 
graduating from their nursing program, going into a new unit um, and taking that on and then living through COVID and not knowing um, what the end result would be or what this, um, you know, virus was really about. So it, it must have been a truly t um, very difficult and challenging for, for graduate nurses. So I'm, I'm so glad that you're, you're undertaking this study. Thank you. It's interesting that I, I, I so appreciate your comment in terms of the OR and that likening to, to um, you know, not recognizing someone in the hallway. I think that's that's a wonderful example outside of COVID, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's true. We don't recognize each other when those masks come off. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, of that transition experience, it, you're making me think about um, some of the, the new graduates remarking on the fact that New graduates who, gra new nurses who graduated during COVID, they felt that they were a different kind of nurse. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, that in what was way? Talked about in different ways. So they they uh, they talked about being different in terms of how they were prepared to be a nurse, things going online, um, that clinical experience or sometimes having to switch to a simulated experience versus an in-person clinical experience, at least initially. And then in terms of that orientation, Kelly, as you were speaking about in terms of being online versus in person and how do you connect with people? And so they, they were left wondering about, I think it creates another layer. And again, this is just a, a reflection that I'm having in the moment. I think it creates another layer of othering mm. right that they are somehow different than others because of this relatively unique experience and so again it's it there's more and more work to be done in this regard in terms of research but it's 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 fascinating when you delve into this you you come up with more and more questions that need to be answered. Um, so, you know, this type of research, as with many others, you never walk away with a nice, clean red bow at the end that everything's tied up nicely, but um, but finding that there's a lot more work to be done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, that's the thing about research. Hey, you'll answer one question, but you'll get 20 more. Exactly. <laughs> so Dr. Burry, when um, do you anticipate that this study will be completed? So this study we're anticipating will be completed in March of 2024. So we're wrapping things up now. And um, so we're excited to, to finish this and, and report finally on the findings once they're, they're completed and uh, look forward to uh, presenting our final report to Workplace NL as well. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So you said you were sharing your results with Workplace NL. Are you planning on sharing them with anyone else? Absolutely. So um, we're very much hoping to be able to share our results with um, NL Health Services, of course, um, so that um, they can hear the voice of new graduates transitioning practice in the province and um, hear what new graduates are, are hoping to see in terms of supportive practice um, and just engage in that conversation. Hopefully, um, look to the future as well in terms of how we can uh, support any additional um, resources that are required. 
Um, we also have an abstract that's been accepted um, in Washington, D.C. for Sigma Theta Tau. Uh, it's a conference that is focused on healthy work environments. So we're, we're really excited to be able to share the results there in uh, 2024. And of course, we're hoping to be able to publish um, works on this as well. So more to come for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Can't wait to hear read the final uh, document, the final uh, published paper and uh, hear the results. So and, you know, yes. and maybe it will give us some um, some data also to to look at our transition to practice document. And maybe mm -hmm. there's things in that document that we may need to update or reflect on, um, you know, and in, in what your findings show. So that's that's exciting for us as well. Absolutely. I think that would be a wonderful opportunity to collaborate and really put findings of research into practice. Absolutely. Great. Thank you. I'm sure we'll be touching base. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I welcome that. Yes. So, Dr. Burry, what are the next steps for this project? So Yes, so um, we're excited to, as I say, present the results, of course, as we've just mentioned, but also start working on those resources. So once we, we understand fully um, what new graduates are looking for, um, we really want to be practical in terms of the approach and start developing and evaluating resources that um, are put into place, hopefully, and uh, work in collaboration with NL Health Services in, in that regard. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to those conversations coming up, hopefully in the new year. And then also in terms of continuing research, um, just received funding for another study looking at transition to practice of nurses in general to um, family health teams in Newfoundland and Labrador. So that'll yes. be exciting. And then also we would like to look at the transition experience of internationally educated nurses as well. And really see how we can support and um, Recruiting is one thing, but retaining is another and making making sure that nurses who are entering our healthcare system are well supported, that they're in good health, both mentally and physically, and that um, they stay and are successful and happy in their careers moving forward. And so there's we know there's a lot of work to be done, but that's exciting. I think we, we can make a positive contribution. So. Sounds exciting. <laughs> yes, That's very exciting. I just, I just want to make sure that I'm clear. This study was limited to new registered nurses, right? Correct. Okay. And just in Newfoundland and Labrador as well. Just in Newfoundland and Labrador. That's right. And um, I know you mentioned um, nurses. You said future research, maybe nurses in general. Did you? Yes. Um, specific to what? Nurses in general, as in, would you include LPNs there or? Yeah, absolutely. There's okay, an opportunity yeah. for that. Um, we we initially thought RNs in general um, because of the work that's already been done in that regard. And so tr translating that um, to other areas of practice would be um, important. But certainly um, looking at transition to practice experiences of LPN, um, that is uh, an important area to look at as well. And so that uh, certainly isn't off the table. <laughs> no, that's right. And I guess, yeah, just think about nurse practitioners as well. You, they probably have their exactly. unique Especially challenges and things. Yeah. 
Yes, especially when we're talking about family health teams as well. So um, Dr. Lukowicz uh, is co-PI of that study that I was just mentioning that we've just received funding for. And so um, she's done incredible work in, in primary care settings, of course. And so um, I think knowing that um, there, there are many different nurses who work in family health teams, nurse practitioners, RNs and, and LPNs alike. Um, I think there's space for um, understanding all of their transition to practice experiences. Absolutely. Yeah, particularly I think where we work within collaborative teams and the family care teams being one example, but I mean, we don't work in isolation, do we? Like, you know, a new grad coming to the unit, we're working with other healthcare professionals um, and other um, disciplines of nursing. So it it, it really affects that um, collaborative relationship if, if one group is struggling and, you know, experiencing, uh, you know, burnout or having challenges. So it, it's really important that we understand what our colleagues are going through. I think as we always say, you need to know the scope of practice of, of who we work with, but I think we need to understand, you know, our relationships with each other and how we collaborate and, and how we communicate with, with each other. So, um, so and how we can support each other. Absolutely, for sure. <laughs> so yes. exercises I think might be really important, especially in an interprofes interprofessional um, approach to debriefing. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just want to say thank you again, Dr. Brody, that this, the research that you um, you talked about was very interesting, very enlightening uh, for myself and I'm sure for Michelle as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, thank for you. being it's here today. It's been a great conversation. It's, it's gone by very quickly. <laughs> this has been a presentation of the College of Registered Nurses of Newfoundland and Labrador.